Good evening, good evening, good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. What are we doing? We're rejoicing and we are glad about it. So good to have you in the room with us on tonight. You know what I need you to do? Go ahead and share this with your neighbors, with your friends. Let's see, we're at about 80. Uh, we ought to be at 180 by now. Go ahead and share that with your neighbors, with your friends. Let's let's get those numbers up so that we don't get anyone missing this Bible study who wants to be on. Go ahead and text your neighbor. Go ahead and text your friend. Let them know that you are on and watching and you want them to watch with you. Let's get those numbers up, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on tonight. Let's see who we got in the room. Nancy Roselle, good evening to you, Sister Nancy. God bless you. My brother Christopher Johnson, he's here. Amen. Good to see you, Chris. Uh, Linda Stewart is here. Good evening, Sister Stewart. God bless you. Amen. Chris, again, amen. Deborah Ledbetter, amen. That's right. Just call on the name. Uh, something about that name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you all enjoyed that. Felicia Williams is here. Good evening, Sister Williams. Go ahead and share this and like this on Facebook. Put some hearts up and let the uh, the, the Facebook algorithms know that K Chapel is live. Why Vet Smith, good evening to you, Sister Smith. Amen. Ruth Ann Wilson, good evening to you. That's right. Y'all say hello to T.A. Virgie Butler. God bless you. Good to have you on, Sister Butler. Amen. You all are in the room. Go ahead and get those numbers up. Share it. Share it, y'all. Loretta Epps. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Epps, in the room tonight. Helen Luster is with us. Happy Wednesday to you, Sister Luster. How are you all doing on your 28 days? Amen. This is our day of fasting, our day of corporate fasting, our first uh, day for us to call the corporate fast on Wednesdays, each Wednesday during this month. Uh, remember, we will be fasting as a congregation. I've also asked uh, that you do a couple of things. Number one, we fast on Wednesday. Number two, remember, we've asked that you decrease uh, your television news intake. Remember, we want you to uh, get off of that news. The news, the breaking news cycle is doing some I believe emotional damage to us. We're always on edge. We're always waiting for that next uh, breaking news uh, to come on the screen. And so we want to decrease that, uh, decrease the anxiety levels that we have uh, and watch news. I'm not telling you not to watch news at all, but I'm telling you to limit your news intake, limit it to twice a day, uh, your local news daily and the national news daily, those two times. And whether you want to watch your local news in the morning or in the evening, that's up to you. You decide. Uh, but but twice a day, no more than twice a day. Are you all doing good on that? Uh, watching your news twice a day. Aggie Duvall, good evening to you. Amen. We're getting the numbers up. We're at 114 uh, live viewers. Come on, y'all. Let's get those numbers up. Amen. Here with Mother Montgomery. Amen. I see you, Sister uh sims is with mother montgomery hello mother montgomery y'all say hello to mother montgomery amen 90 
what, 98 years old, I believe. Amen. God bless you, Mother Montgomery, who is watching tonight. Mary Bell, good evening uh, to you, Mary Bell. Kayla Williams, God bless you. Good to see you all today. Listen, listen, go be great. I pray that you are being great. I pray that you have been great today. And this is our third day in our 28 days of prayer and consecration, where we take some time and devote ourselves uh, to reading the word of God, to praying to the Lord together, uh, and to seeking the, the, the not just the face of God, but the voice of God. Uh, and so we, we, we started out on Monday. Uh, the devotion was about being honest, being honest. You, I hope you read that uh, uh, about being honest. And then on the second day was be consistent. And then on today, uh, we said being great. If you're going to be great, you've got to be receptive. Be honest, right? Be honest. That means that we uh, we are truth tellers and we are truth keepers. Uh, we don't participate in, in, in lies or slander or any of those things that are, that are just not of good report. We are honest people. Secondly, we are consistent. Uh, that means that 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 people don't have to wonder who's going to show up, which version of us is going to show up, but that we're going to be the same person that we always have been, the same person we've always been. That person is going to show up so people don't have to walk on eggshells around us. And then thirdly, today we said we're going to be receptive. Some of us have just closed ourselves off to hearing the truth uh, about ourselves uh, and if you're going to be great, you got to have a good friend. Listen to me. You got to have a good friend, somebody you trust, some and somebody you've given permission to, to tell you the truth about yourself. Who is that person? I pray that you have that individual in your life, somebody who can just call it what it is, who can be frank with you, who can be honest with you, who can tell you a hard truth, uh, who can tell you a hard truth. I pray you've given someone that kind of access in your life and given someone that type of responsibility and that you also uh, play that role for someone else. So be receptive. All the way you're going to be great, you got to be receptive to hearing the truth. Amen, somebody. We're getting the numbers up slowly. Y'all are slowly getting the numbers up. Amen. Y'all slow tonight. All right. We're going to get started, though. You all keep sharing. Keep sharing so that we get our numbers to where they need to be. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Let us pray as we get into the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you are the good and able God that you are. We pray your blessings upon our time together. We pray, O oh God, that you give us insight and understanding to your word as we uh, delve into uh, this gospel. Thank you for your word. Thank you, O oh God, that in your word we take comfort, we take refuge, and on your word we can stand because your word is truth. It's good news. And so, Lord, we pray now that you open our eyes to this good news, to the truth of it, to the power of it that we would be transformed by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. All right, y'all. So listen, last week we took a little, we took a little pause uh, in our study of Mark's gospel because we, we had some, uh, we just wanted to have a discussion about uh, the vaccine and, and uh, getting vaccinated. I pray that um, you are uh, being better served uh, than, than in days past. Uh, we know it continues to be a challenge, but uh, we will do our best to assist you as a congregation uh, to let you know what we know when we know it. Uh, when we know that uh, you can sign up, we're going to send that blast out, that text blast out as we did on yesterday, because we want you to get it as fast as you can. Um, and in the near future, we're going to figure out some other ways, some very tangible ways we're working on right now uh, to assist you in the future. So we'll be uh, uh, telling you more about that uh, perhaps uh, next week. Uh, but as a church family, we want to do all that we can uh, because th these are tough times. Uh, we've got to rely on each other. 
Uh, we've got to be there for one another uh, and do for each other that which uh, some can't do for themselves. And we want to be that church family. Uh, but we want to pick up now back with our Bible study, uh, the gospel according to St. Mark. Uh, we left off uh, last time we uh, were with our study week before last on Mark chapter one. We've been talking about this gospel, this gospel being um, a gospel that is power packed, that is fast paced, a gospel that moves quickly, uh, but a gospel that centers around the idea of power and authority, a gospel that really um, uh, takes the time to press the point that Jesus Christ has all power and has all authority. Mark goes to great lengths uh, to make sure that those who read his gospel come away with that understanding. We looked um, a couple of weeks ago at, at Mark chapter one, we looked at uh, how Mark begins his gospel. Uh, the fact that, that he uh, includes in in his introduction, uh, this figure, John the Baptist, John who, who comes to prepare uh, the way of Christ. Uh, John uh, is, is, is in the line of the Old Testament prophets in that he wears uh, camel hair and he eats uh, wild honey, uh, reminiscent of Elijah. And so he 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 really carries that same mantle of of prophet prophesying uh, the coming of this Christ uh, Jesus uh, who who comes to 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 take away the sins of the world. John uh, prepares the way for Jesus, and we talked about John understanding and knowing his place and not being confused about it. Uh, not 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 wanting to overstep uh, the 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 season of his ministry, uh, not wanting to overshadow uh, uh, what Jesus was coming to do, and was very clear that when Jesus comes upon the scene, that he was to step back. John says, "I'm not even worthy uh, to to touch the latchet of his shoes." When this man comes, Jesus comes, uh, I'm going to fade from the scene. And so John sets up the ministry of Christ. Remember, John baptizes Jesus. And it is at Jesus's baptism where, and it's very interesting. Uh, I, I reread this um, uh, when Jesus is baptized and he emerges from the water. It's verse, uh, chapter one, verse number, uh, verse number 11. Verse number 11, chapter one says, and there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Very interesting, the language that Mark uses versus the language that Matthew uses. Mark says, uh, thou art my beloved son. Matthew says, this is my beloved son. And so in Mark, you get a very personal statement uh, in that Jesus is hearing the voice of his father, that God is talking to him. You, Jesus, are my beloved son. It's almost an affirmation that Jesus gets from God. Whereas Matthew, as opposed to an affirmation, it's more of an announcement that, that God announces to those who are there, this is my beloved son. This is, I, I need you all to know this is him, right? Uh, but 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 in Mark's gospel, you you get this 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 Jesus hearing from his father, uh, the 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 affirming voice uh, that you are my son, and I'm pleased in you. And so it's right after that. Remember that uh, right after the baptism that uh, Jesus is is led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God and tempted of the devil, uh, just just um, as as we know the devil does. Oftentimes, uh, after a great experience with the Lord, after a great experience, how many times have you been in church, had a great worship experience, 
and didn't make it to the parking lot <laughs> good before the devil showed up. The devil tempted you and tested you and tried you. And, and you see this right here. Immediately, it says in verse 12, the spirit drives him into the wilderness where he's tempted, uh, tempted of, of, the, uh, of the devil for 40 days. And so we talked about uh, Jesus being tempted. And yet, uh, again, what Mark is doing is he's showing all of this, show, giving, giving us all of this information to say to us in verse, um, let's see, verse number, uh, da, 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 I just lost it. I'm sorry. Oh, verse number 22. In verse number 22, again, this idea of authority, they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Jesus, Jesus is uh, tempted by the devil. He goes on and he calls uh, disciples to come and follow him. He leaves there and he enters into the synagogue and he teaches and he teaches not as the others, but as one who has authority. And it's right after that, that as he is teaching in the synagogue, as he is teaching in the synagogue, um, that, that in verse number 24, 23, I'm sorry, there was a man with an unclean spirit who cries out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Right. And this man with an unclean. So he's already been tempted by the devil and now he's being talked to by demons. And yet these demons, what Matthew is showing you is that he has power over the devil. He has authority over demons and he has authority to preach sound doctrine. So he preaches and teaches with such doctrine and with such power uh, that, that they're asking, who is this man that he preaches with such power, with such authority? I want to pick up um, really in chapter number two now. It's just trying to give you a little overview. I want to pick up with chapter number two and see where Matthew, I'm sorry, where Mark um, moves to now. Because again, he continues to press the idea of power and authority, uh, but he does it um, with other stories that demonstrate this power and authority. Chapter number two, verse number one, it says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. It was noise that he was in the house. Straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto him. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. When they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. I want to stop right there because here, Mark, and, and this is also in Luke's gospel, uh, where, where it talks about uh, Jesus uh, looking up after, after the, the roof has been torn open. He looks up and he sees the faith of those four men, right? The four friends. There's a lot. Listen, there's a lot of preaching in those four verses. There's a lot of preaching right there uh, that, that I won't preach right now. But there's a lot of preaching right there because you've got you've got these four men who come uh, bringing um, their friend. And I, I want to suggest to you, I want to suggest this to you. Here's some good news for today. That. If you've got a friend, if you've got a friend who's hurting, a friend who's in need, a friend who's hopeless or helpless, if you are really a friend, you're not going to leave that friend in the condition they're in. Now, if you're really a friend, if you're really a friend, you can't watch your friend stay in the condition they're in and you think or believe 
that there's some help out there somewhere. If you're really a friend, you're going to do what it takes to get your friend the help that they need. Amen, somebody. No, no need of calling yourself a friend. Watch this. If you're not willing to pick your friend up, to bear your friend's burdens, and to get your friend some help. My God. My God. No, listen, talking about them is not helping them. Saying they know better is not helping them. If you are that person's friend, you've got to be willing, watch this, to put them on your shoulder, bear some of their burden, and get them the help that they need. I said I wasn't going to preach, so let me let me try and let me try and get into this this lesson. So what Mark is showing here is what Mark is showing here is the power to heal and to forgive. That's what that's what this whole passage is about to be about. That Jesus has the power both to heal and to forgive. So here's the picture. Uh, these friends bring their friend to Jesus. Uh, they can't get into the house. They go up on top of the roof. Uh, they, they, they break open the roof. They let their friend down in the bed. Um, and verse five picks up. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Stop right there. Now, I want you for a moment to imagine yourself as being one of those friends, one of the four who brought the lame man to Jesus. You're up on top of the roof. You've carried your friend up to the roof. You've broken open the roof. You've let your friend down. And you and those other four, those three who are with you are are trying to look in and see what's going to happen. And, and everybody can't hear. So one of you are listening and, and the others are saying, what's going on? Is he being healed? And, and, and your response is, no, he's not healing him, but he just forgave him of his sins. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not even why we're here. Why are, wait a minute, Jesus, what, can't you see what the problem is? The problem is not his life, it's his legs. Why are you dealing with his sin when he's got an issue with, that, is, that is physical in nature? Why are you getting all, watch this, why are you getting all spiritual? <laughs> right? Why are you getting all spiritual? And, and, and whoever is listening has to say to him, no, he didn't heal him, but he just forgave him of his sins. We didn't even come here for that. Right? We didn't even, we, why, why are you making it a sin issue? Watch this. And I love the fact, I love the fact that Jesus does not, excuse or look over the sin issue, which is something that I believe the church is quite guilty of. I think the church is too um, willing to not address sin so that people remain comfortable. Y'all not gonna like me today. And so, and so here's here's what we do. We stop talking about sin so that people are populating the pews. Jesus sees this man comes down. And before he does anything physical, he addresses the spiritual. He addresses the spiritual. 
I and I I know this is not popular, you all. I know that that all the church growth experts will disagree with me. I, I know that they will say, if you want to grow your church, you cannot address sin. You can't deal with sin. You can't you can't make people uncomfortable. You 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 just have to preach uh, happy sermons and and I, listen. Jesus saw this man come down, and the first thing he said. <laughs> Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, now listen, I'm not, I'm not suggesting to you, I'm not suggesting to you that 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 this is a prescriptive approach to every situation, right? I'm not saying to you that this is this is this is how the church must deal with everybody. That before that, when somebody comes to Christ, we first got to point out their problems. That is not what I'm saying. We have to do things in love, right? But I am saying that the church can't be shy, right, about calling sin out. The church can't be shy about saying, brother, you, you, you live, you're living a ratchet life right now. <laughs> I wish somebody would talk to me. The church can't be shy about saying uh, to a sister, hey, sister, I I'm glad you're in the church and I'm glad you're here. Hey, listen, th th this, this is not and does not speak well of the body of Christ and what it means to be saved and what it means to have repented of sin. I'm making people mad right now. I know. I know. I know y'all getting mad with me, but it's going to be okay. So Jesus, Jesus says, thy sins be forgiven thee. And it's interesting, it's interesting that when Jesus deals with the sin problem, that gets their attention. Look at, look at verse six. It's, 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 it's almost scary like today in a sense. Because in verse six, look at what happens. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, verse seven, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? So right here, they have a problem with Jesus dealing with sin, not from the standpoint of it being dealt with, but from the standpoint of who does he think he is? Who does he think he is that he has the power and the authority to forgive sin. Only God can forgive sin. Basically what they're saying is, hey, you're a good teacher and all, right? And we see that, we see that, we see that we cannot deny that you teach and preach with power and authority, but this forgiving sin business, that's above your pay grade. That, that's, that's God's business. You, you don't have any any reason to be dabbling in that realm of 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 religion right and so and so and so Jesus forgives in verse five and seven he forgives this paralytic man and they they ask him who does he think he is only God can forgive sins in verse eight here it is and immediately, I love that word immediately. It keeps coming up in Mark's gospel. And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. Jesus says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, wait a minute. Why, why are y'all, why are y'all, why is this such a problem? <laughs> let, let me let me let me let me let me put it in, in today's language. It 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 would be a, it would be it would be almost tantamount again, uh, almost. Why why is it a problem that that I'm preaching about sin? Right? It, it, it's tantamount almost to 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 some church growth expert saying, Reverend. If, if we're going to grow the church, you can't keep preaching like that. If if folk going if folk going to come and the grow the church going to grow, you can't keep talking about sin 
the way you're talking about sin. And, and so Jesus says, listen, whether it is easy to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk. Basically saying, which one is harder? Since, since, since that bothers you, which one is harder? Verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. <laughs> Jesus says, okay, if that bothered you, watch this. He says, if it bothered you that I said, your sins be forgiven thee. Well, let me see how you're going to deal with this. And, and basically he says, which one, which one is, which one is harder? Right. He puts it before them. And basically now, 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 if they were really thinking about it from a real spiritual standpoint, it would have been harder. The answer would have been, it's harder to forgive sin. But Jesus knows, knows that, that he has to talk to people and convince people who are not looking at things from the spirit, but looking at things in the natural. And so he says, listen, I know that you're probably going to think that it's harder for me to do the natural thing than it is to do the spiritual thing. But since that's where you are, since you think it's harder for me to do the natural thing, and that in your mind, if I do that, that will demonstrate that I have the power to do this. If I do the harder thing to heal, then that will show you that I have the power to forgive. And so he says, to prove it to you that I have the authority to do this, I'll do this to prove to you that I have the authority to forgive sin. I'll heal his body. Did y'all, did y'all get that? My God. And so Jesus, Jesus says, okay, whichever one you think is harder, you think that one's harder. I'll do, watch this. I'll do the harder thing, which wasn't the harder thing at all. Right. But but that's where they were. So, so he says, I'll take on the harder of the two and, and I'll heal him. And that's what he does. He heals them so that they would understand that he has the power to forgive them. And when he healed the man and when they saw the man walking, taking up his bed and walking, they said, we've never seen anything like this before. And if he could heal him, I guess he does have the power, <laughs> the power to forgive him too. So he has the power to heal and he has the power to forgive. But it goes further. Matthew chapter two goes a little bit further. So after this, it says in verse number 13, and he went forth again by the seaside and all the multitude resorted unto him and he taught them. Jesus loves teaching, by the way, uh, in, in, in unexpected places <laughs> by the seaside. I, 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 mm. Jesus did as much teaching, probably more teaching outside of the synagogue than he did inside of it. Which begs the question, how much teaching is the church doing since we aren't meeting in the building. Jesus taught, he taught in unexpected places where people didn't expect him to show up. There he was. And, and we're about to see that right here. Jesus showed up in places where people didn't expect him and he taught them and he associated himself with them. Look at, look at it. Here it is. Verse 14, and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, 
sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. It came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit right here about now the power to receive and the power to reform. Here we see the power of Jesus to receive, right? Because, because again, verse number 16, here he is, here he is walking along the sea, teaching in outside unexpected places. And as he's walking along, he sees Matthew, Levi, uh, Matthew, uh, who is in his tax booth collecting the taxes. That's what it talks about, the, the custom, the receipt of custom. He's collecting taxes. He calls out to Matthew to come and follow him. And you, you got to read Matthew's gospel. Matthew says after that, he, he, he invited all of his friends. Matthew invited all of his friends and Jesus to come to his house to have dinner. Jesus is having dinner there with Matthew, uh, a publican uh, who has been uh, called uh, from uh, collecting taxes, which was which was a that that was not a noble profession. Uh, that was actually a lot of under table, under under the table stuff going on. So it so 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 uh, the collecting of tax taxes was seen as a crooked. Uh, profession. Um, you you have to have a you you have to you have to be you have to have some yeah some gangster in you some some hood in you uh, to be a to be a tax collector, and and, and so Jesus calls uh, th this hood guy uh, who who's crooked who does some shady stuff under the table deals right, and he calls him and says to him, "You come and follow me," and 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 when Matthew uh, gets into a relationship with Christ and understands that 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 he is not so hood that Jesus can't make him holy that that he is not so gangster that that Jesus can't make him godly uh, Matthew calls all of his friends together and say I want you all to meet this man that I just met who has changed my life good God almighty I, I need you all. I, he says I want you all and listen when you, when you know who Jesus is, when you have the good news inside of you, if you are a true friend, you won't leave your friends out there by themselves. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling this right now. Yeah, the thug in you, Larry. Uh, uh, the, the, when, when you, when, when you know the Lord for yourself, if you've been saved from your sin, if you've been pulled out of your condition and you got some friends who are still left there, you're not going to leave them by themselves, but you're going to do what you can to pull them in the same way you've been pulled. So Matthew, so Matthew says, Matthew says, listen, listen, I'm, I, I'm going to have a party at my house I want all my all my all my hoods, fellas, all my thug, thug gangsters. I need y'all to show up uh, because we we gonna kick it. You know how we kick it. We gonna kick it. But I I, I got somebody who's coming, and, and and I want I just want y'all to meet him the way I met him. Jesus hangs out, and here it is while he's having dinner. Verse sixteen happens. Look at verse sixteen. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? And there it is again. These, these, these religious folk have a problem with Jesus exercising power and authority in such a way that he is able, watch this, to receive people. I love this. I love the fact, mm, this is good news, y'all. See, the while, listen to me good, while the church must not be shame, ashamed or, 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 or shy about calling out sin, it must also be loving and receptive enough to open its doors 
so that sinners know they can come in. It's both and y'all, right? It's the, it's the, it's the, here we are, we are open. We're going to let you know that, that you are loved here. We're going to hopefully do everything that we can to make sure that, that you encounter the love of Christ through our actions, through our language, through our behavior. And when you're in, we're going to preach the truth. We're going to preach the truth, not in a way that you are bashed, but certainly in a way that you become a believer in what the Bible says. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. So, so Jesus, Jesus has no problem, y'all. Watch. Oh, God. Jesus has no problem accepting mm, an invitation to eat with sinners. He had no problem accepting an invitation to go where he knew sinners and publicans would be. And he, watch this, y'all, he associates himself with sinners. He associates himself. He, he's not, he's not so caught up in the form of religion that he does, that he separates himself from those who need relationship. Did you hear what I said? He's not so caught up in the form of religion that he disassociates himself from those who need relationship with him. He goes, he accepts the invitation and he receives everybody who's there. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad that my savior and my Jesus is not some, some, some sanctimonious social club where only, uh, only folk who are of a certain breed and a certain kind and a certain type uh, get access to him. My Jesus, my Jesus, receives people where they are. He goes where they are. He associates himself with who they are. He, he, yeah. So, so he goes and it's the, watch this. And it's the religious folk who have a problem with him doing so. The church folk who have a problem with him, watch this, taking the church outside of what they understood it should be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying at, at at some point, you know, when when do when do we take off religion and recognize that it's much more important to have relationship and much more important that people understand and have relationship. I mean, don't get me wrong. Doctrine is important, right? Ritual is important. It has its place and it has its space and it has its purpose. But when we substitute religion for relationship, we've missed the boat. And these religious people in this text look at Jesus's actions and say, what is he doing over there with those people? Doesn't he know? who they are? Doesn't he know what they do? Doesn't he know how they get down? We're not supposed to be associated with that. So Jesus receives. But watch this. After he receives, he reforms. And I love how he goes about the Reformation. When Jesus heard it, verse 17, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. Listen, listen to his reformation. He's reforming their thoughts. He's reforming what, what, what religion in its pure sense should be about. This is, a ref, this is reformational preaching. 
He says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is reformational preaching, y'all. Good God. And the disciples of John, uh, it, it, he's about to go into some more reformation. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just keep reading for a minute. Disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. And they come unto him and say, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast? But, but your disciples fast not. Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? This is reformational preaching, y'all. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that is filled, that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine in old wine bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles and the wine is spilled and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. Folks, this is reformational preaching, y'all. This is reformation. Uh, again, let, let me keep going. Some more reformational preaching, verse 23. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. See, all this is about religion. He's touching religion now, y'all. He's touching the stuff that 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 people have come to believe to be the righteous way. And Jesus says, the way you're doing it, the rules and all of that, you're taking away the spirit of the intent. And 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 though, and though, yes, light has no business with darkness, right? And Paul comes along and says that later, yet you gotta understand that that we are salt and light of the world, and as such. As such, we must be willing to let our light so shine before men that they see our good works, right? It doesn't mean that we become like them, but it does mean that we get close enough to associate ourselves with them so that they see the light of Christ in us. Are y'all hearing me today? So again, reformational preaching, and he's about to do some reformational preaching right here in, in verse 23. It came to pass that he went through the cornfield on the Sabbath day. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. The Pharisees said unto him, behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? There it is, lawful, right? It's, it's what does the law say? What are the rules? What does our religion say? And here he's about to do some reformational preaching again. Verse 25, and he said unto them, have you never read what David did? When he had need and was hungered, he and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar and, and the high priest, and they did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. He said unto them, the Sabbath was not made for man. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Jesus totally reformed. He, he comes as a reformer and saying all these laws and rules that you are living by is not giving you good religion. Pure religion. It, it's. You, you are defiling it by, by making it um, uh, something that actually burdens man rather than liberates man. You're, you're, you're making it something that, 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 that is binding and burdensome rather than liberating and freeing. Jesus says, we got to reform this. You're, you're saying, you're asking the question, why are my disciples plucking corn on the Sabbath? Jesus says, because they're hungry. It's not, it's not that difficult. Why are they plucking corn? Because they're hungry. They're and what Jesus says is, listen, 
there's some natural things that have to take place even on the Sabbath. And if you make the Sabbath about rules rather than relationship, you've missed the whole point. You've missed the whole point. It's not about what you refrain from on the Sabbath. It's not about what you refrain from doing. It's about what you actually do in your relationship with God. Because if that were the case, you know, there are a lot of folk who refrain from a whole lot of stuff and still be a devil. Oh, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can refrain from a whole lot of stuff and still and still, you know, still have no God in them. Right. And that's what Jesus is saying here. It's not. You, listen, you, you can enforce and, and have all these rules in the play and still miss being in relationship with me. Because it's not about rules. Rules have a point. Rules have a purpose. The purpose of them are to point you to 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 the essence, to what the the values of God, right? What does God value? The Ten Commandments are value statements about God. What does He value? But when you make the law of God such that it gets in the way of you practicing the love of God. You've missed the whole point. If a man is in need and you are saying it's the Sabbath and I can't do that because it's the Sabbath and I must keep the law rather than showing the love, you've missed the whole point. And that's why Jesus comes to reform. He reforms, he receives, and he reforms by doing several things. He reforms by receiving people who, who otherwise would have been rejected, the people who, who were the untouchables, the people who were thought to be unworthy and, and couldn't be saved. And I'm so glad that Jesus, there is nobody that the Lord has met yet that he could not save. Nobody who lives who could not, cannot be saved. I don't care. I don't care how bad they are. He saves from the uttermost. Yeah, you know the rest. He saves. Jesus saves. Amen. 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 God bless you. So yeah, so that that's what Mark 2 is about. Mark 2 again is about is about uh recognizing that Jesus, our Christ, the Christ has power and authority. And that power and authority was demonstrated in the power to both heal sickness, but also to forgive sin. He heals sickness, he forgives sin. And he has the power and authority to do both. And Jesus demonstrated that when he said, he asked the question, which one do you think is, is, is harder to do? And he knew in their minds that they figured the healing was harder. They said, all right, I'll do that one. And if I do that one, that ought to prove to you that if I could heal his sickness, I ought to be able to forgive his sin. He has power, and authority. God bless you. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer. Amen. 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 God bless you. Listen, go ahead and let me know if there's some people uh, we need to lift up tonight. want to remind you that on tomorrow, uh, visiting hours uh, will be at People's Funeral Home for uh, Brother Terry Collins. That begins at 11 a.m., and we're encouraging everyone uh, again to go out, be a part of the visiting hours and leave the funeral service for the family. Um, th there are limited numbers uh, that can 
take part in the funeral service itself, which is on Friday. And so let's do the Christian thing. Let's do the loving thing. And also let's just do the safe thing uh, and, and, and not overpopulate uh, that chapel. Uh, let's make sure that we reserve uh, the, the allowable spaces uh, for families so that there's uh, ample space for them to uh, socially distance as well. Uh, so again, tomorrow, uh, beginning at 11, uh, visiting hours at 11. I believe they end at 7 p.m. Let me see. I think I got a text on that. Give me just a second. Um, yes. I'm sorry. Okay. So it, I'm sorry. It begins tomorrow at noon. It begins tomorrow at 12 noon, 12 noon, and then it ends at 7 p.m. Visiting hours at People's Funeral Home begins at 12 noon and then ends at 7 p.m. Uh, and so let's uh, let's let's do our best to be a part of the visiting uh, hours and leave the service, which is on Friday, uh, reserved for family. Amen. 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 God bless you. Do we have any? Uh, let's see. We've got prayer requests uh, for the Reed and Evans family. For the Reed and Evans family, thank you, Sister Evans. We would do. Uh, we would do just that. Uh, praying for the Shaw and O'Banner family. Uh, member of our family hospitalized. Amen. God bless you, Anita. We will lift up your family members, Shaw and O'Banner family members. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Sister Brown asked for prayer for Tracy and Gwendolyn Brown. God bless you. We will do just that, Sister Yolanda. Um, Cecilia praying for Ella Robinson. Amen. We will do just that, Cecilia. Lifting up Ella Robinson, Clara Ford. I'm praying for Dorothy Aldrich, Allie Henderson uh, in ICU. Okay. Uh, Lee Esther in ICU, classmate Walter James, my God. Uh, okay. We will lift all of them up in ICU, many, uh, some in ICU and some just with COVID, it, uh, it appears. So we will uh, be in prayer for your loved ones. Um, uh, Terry, Terry, God bless you. Listen, I got the news. I saw that. Um, God bless you. We're praying for, for the Blandon family. I, I need to, uh, listen, uh, let, let's let, I don't have your number, Terry. Um, I, I want to talk with you all tonight. Um, I, my heart was broken, uh, to hear that sister Blandon. Uh, so we're praying for you all praying, praying for the second Baptist family. Amen. God bless you. Um, uh, let's talk tonight. Let's talk tonight. Uh, we're lifting up the Blandon family and the second Baptist family as well. Uh, Shelby Moore praying for you uh, as well, and you and your family as well. Um, Lorston Johnson, please pray for Dolores uh, Herndon's family, cousin, oh, died of coke. God bless you. God bless you, Sister Johnson. We will do just that. Uh, our hearts go out to you as well. God bless you. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons and wife, God bless you, Era. Thank you for lifting them up and remembering them as well. Uh, we will certainly lift them up. Uh, pray for the Jordan and Wilson families, uh, loss of uh, brother-in-law, Reverend Eddie Jordan and of Abilene, Texas, Abilene, Texas. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. God bless you. Thank you. I, I saw that text. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, I, I want to speak with you as well, Sister Wilson. God bless you all. Let's talk with you later tonight as well. Amen. Um, Fanny Ard on the prayer list doing uh, better, um, keeping her in your prayers. Loss of grandson. God bless you. We will do that, Sister Roselle. Amen. We will do that. Um, praying for the Lee and Holmes family. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, praying for Sister Paula. Uh, Paula lost her mother. Okay. Oh, um, Paula in uh, in Indianola, I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming that's who that is. Thank you, David, for letting me know that. Um, yeah, God bless you. I, I'll be in touch with her. So sorry to, oh my, so sorry to hear that. Um, praying for your son, Ted. God bless you. We'll do that, Brother Johnson. We'll, we'll do that. My God. Mm. Uh, pray for the Sibby and Sibby and Holloway family, loss of their brother and your cousin, Brother Bingham. God bless you. So sorry to hear that. So sorry to hear that. Otis Roach, uh, praying for Jeffrey Simmons and wife. We will do that, Brother Roach. Amen. Praying for the Washington family, 
William William Washington. Okay, all right, we will do that. We will lift up uh, Brother Washington. Let me know what's going on, Sister Smith. Um, praying for your family, Sister Wilson. Amen. Uh, we will do that. Uh, Dwayne Wilson, uh, we will do that. God bless you. Uh, we will do that as well. Linda Stewart. Uh, yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning them. Praying for Shane, uh, Sharon and Shane Davis uh, uh, in the loss of uh, uh, their loved one as well. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Let's pray you all. Thank you so so much for, for remembering each other in prayer. Uh, for 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 uh, praying for one another in in sickness and in distress, which is what our covenant our covenant says we would do. Let's pray, you all. Father, there are so many right now, so many right now who are hurting. So many who, in this timeline, have lost loved ones. God, you know them by name. You know the hurt upon their hearts. God, and we just pray right now for your comforting hand. Lord, I lift up the Blandon family to you, my Second Baptist family in Danville. Oh God, be a very present help in their lives. Restore, oh God, their joy. Lift their heads. Comfort their hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up our friend in Indianola, lost her mother. God, I lift up all who have been called out, so many, so many, my God, who have just been touched with, with grief and loss right now. And so, God, in these troubling times, do what only you can, how only you can. Oh, God, we pray for healing now. And I thank you, God, that your word reminds us that you, you are close to the brokenhearted. There are some broken hearts out here tonight. So thank you, God, for being close to us for never leaving us, for never forsaking us. God, I pray for those not only who are experiencing bereavement, but those whose loved ones are in hospitals, those who are in ICU rooms, and those who are yet recovering at home. Lord, this is challenging and troubling. Lord, it seems that things are getting worse. But Lord, we know that you are able. You hadn't stopped being able. You have power and authority in your hands. And so God, we ask now and we appeal to your power, to your authority. And we trust in your sovereign decisions. God bless now, touch now, heal now in the mighty name of Jesus. We will give you the glory, the honor, and all of the praise for we believe it to be done in Jesus' name. For his sake we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. You all stay safe, stay well, and listen, go be great. We'll see you on Sunday.